Hello and welcome to a little bonus episode of the 10 by 9 podcast, especially for you at this time of year. This story was told by Lorna Dunn at our Christmas event on December 21st in the Black Box in Belfast. It's a wonderful, romantic story full of love. I would just like to say a very, very happy 2023 to all of our listeners from Podrig and from me. We'll see you next year. Enjoy. The proud pipe organ of St Giles Cathedral sang out its rich reverberating finale of Hark the Herald. The headmaster concluded proceedings by reading The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Doors opened, organ music spilled out onto the well-worn cobbles of the Royal Mile and boys in pink and toffee-striped blazers mingled. Those uniforms are preposterous, I thought, as I made my dogged exit from the Fetty's school carol service. I wasn't quite sure how I'd survived my first harrowing term as a teacher in Scotland's most expensive boarding school, but I had. Now I was free for three glorious weeks, skipping past the besuited city workers of Edinburgh and down the steep mound towards Princes Street. I whispered to myself, by tomorrow I'll be miles from Fetty's. It was my first time in Ireland. My sister Elaine had invited me over, having married a County Down man. She and John lived in Belgium, but were visiting John's family farm for Christmas. She wanted some female company in the male-dominated agricultural environment. At the tiny airport, we gave each other a long, tight hug. During the journey to the farm, driving home for Christmas, crooned from the radio, but became bizarrely incongruous when I was suddenly confronted by a black masked gunman staring at me from a wall on the Ormo Road. (laughs) Gradually, the city receded and we drove through a succession of villages with parallel lines of low stone houses. Beyond the villages, the streetlights disappeared altogether as we advanced down country roads. At the farm, darkness seemed to envelop me. But looking upwards, there was a limitless arc of starlight shining with greater intensity than anything I had seen in the city. The night air was redolent of animals and I could hear the mellifluous sound of a river flowing and the gentle lowing and shifting of cattle. A shaft of orange light moved across the yard as John's mother, dressed in an apron, opened the back door. Hello, Lorna. You're very welcome, she said, smiling warmly and looking at me directly. The kitchen had a high pine roof and the glorious aroma of beef juices. 
Elaine handed me a glass of red wine, which was almost knocked out of my hands as two boys in miniature work overalls exploded through the door, screaming, Aunt Lorna! At dinner time, John and his brother Stephen came in from the milking. The December wind etched into their faces. The aroma of cattle travelled with them. The pair were built in a similar way, lean and strong-limbed from years of physical work. The veins on their forearms were raised like electric wires beneath masking tape. My nephews took one of Stephen's hand each and pleaded, Come and sit with us! He grinned down at the diminutive would-be farmers and allowed himself to be led to the table, putting an arm around each one as he sat down. A Labrador followed, settling down with a contented snuffle before placing her bristly chin on Stephen's feet. Although I came from another world, as the conversation flowed, I heard my own language being spoken at this table. All term, I'd spoken with the wrong accent and the wrong views. Here, I was surprised to feel strangely at ease in the home of strangers. I began to believe I might, after all, still be sane. The next evening, Christmas Eve, Stephen announced that he needed to go out and check an expectant cow. Have you ever seen a calf born, Elaine asked. Why don't you go out and watch? I was issued with a clean pair of overalls and we stepped out into the yard the starlight providing just enough light by which to see the ancient stone sheds. The beast was lying down and producing deep primordial groans. Her black eyes bulged in terror as she turned her head hopefully towards us. You're all right now, Stephen whispered soothingly, stroking her neck gently. Can you see the wee hooves starting to show, he asked. Two tiny white hooves were beginning to push their way into the world. He sat on the trough watching. His shoulders pulled and strained as he assisted the mother capably. Now a sleek head became visible. Then, in a final torrent, a whole slimy, steaming calf was thrust onto fresh straw. <coughs> Come on, Suki, he cajoled, rubbing the calf with straw. The newly created creature made uncoordinated attempts to get to its feet. Stephen sighed in relief, before staring once again at the mother. Oh, look, there are two of them. Is that unusual, I asked. About one in fifty, he replied. If we get twin heifers, that's even rarer. Maybe you're good luck. He smiled at me sideways, then continued working until, as hoped, twin heifers were feeding from their mother. The two of us stood staring, the silence broken only by contented sucking sounds. Quiet sense of awe and stillness came over me, out there in the freezing night air, sharing this numinous moment of new birth.
Back at the house, everyone was abed. The embers of the logs were glowing vermilion. Stephen threw on some more wood and popped the cork of some black bush. Nightcap to celebrate, he proffered. The two of us sat beside the stove, sitting and listening to the whistling fire. As I looked up, I found him glancing at me. Instantly, I looked away. Those eyes. Cobalt. As the week went on, time slowed down. The days became weirdly elongated. The evenings beside the fire stretched out longer and later. So one morning, Elaine and I went walking by Strangford Loch. In the distance, the morns were visible, Slee Donard dominating. She put her arm through mine and squeezed it hard, and then took a breath as if to speak, but hesitated. Um, is there... Is there something going on with you and my brother-in-law, or am I imagining it? I stared at my boots. There wasn't a lot of point in pretending. We'd always been able to read each other. Well, nothing's happened. I mean, we like each other's company. Uh Uh-huh. You like each other's company? She grinned. I thought you might like each other if you actually met. What do you mean? You thought. I erupted. Did you plan for this to happen? I wasn't sure if I was furious with her or laughing. Well, you were so miserable. And Stephen's been getting over a broken relationship. When I saw him again, I began to wonder if I'd been manipulated by my well-meaning sister. However, when he suggested that we go and pick up Chinese for everyone on the final night, I knew what the answer was. The car smelled of hay. As we drove into Downpatrick, I could sense him struggling with his thoughts. I I, I was thinking today how much I'll miss John and Elaine when they go, he said quietly. And then I thought, He paused. I'll miss you too. It was a kind of declaration I realised from this gently spoken, reticent man. I wanted to respond, but I wasn't sure how, so I just said, well, you'll have to come and visit me in Edinburgh. Yes, I'd love that, he answered. Once again, everyone else turned in before we did. The black bush was nearly empty. The ancient walnut clock on the wall ticked insistently. I'd be gone tomorrow. Without warning and without my consent, my arm seized the opportunity and Stephen's knee. (laughs) Alarmingly, he got up immediately saying he needed some fresh air and to check on another cow. Had I messed things up again? Once more, we walked out into the moonlight. This mother-to-be wasn't ready, he decided, sitting down on a nearby straw bale. I joined him. 
The cow's soft breathing was the only sound. We watched as the beast's breath rose into the cold night air, suspended. I stole a glance. Yes, he felt it too. My face moved closer to his, and reader, I kissed him. <laughs> there were no half measured, and he was shocked. <laughs> so was I. 29 years later, we still live on that farm. This time of year will always mean freezing, starry nights, new life, whiskey, nights by the fire, and love. Thank you very much, Laura. Wonderful story. Thank you. Oh, what a lovely way to send us home. Thanks so much, Lorna. Oh, to be in love at Christmas time. How lovely.